Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. The fact that this has become a political issue just blows my mind. I don't know when caring and compassion for your fellow human became political. Today we hear from Kristen Brogan, a doctoral candidate at Auburn University. The California native moved to Auburn for school with her parents following her to Opelika. At 33 years old, she is at high risk for COVID-19 because she has had asthma since she was a child and has rheumatoid arthritis an autoimmune disease that is chronic and progressive. She has to take immunosuppressants to keep the disease from progressing and causing life-threatening damage to her body. According to the CDC, while everyone is at risk for contracting COVID-19, some people are more likely than others to become severely ill, meaning they may require hospitalization, intensive care, or a ventilator to help them breathe, or they may even die. This includes older adults and people with underlying medical conditions. People of any age are at increased risk for severe illness if they have any of these conditions. Chronic kidney disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, obesity, serious heart conditions, sickle cell disease, and type 2 diabetes. And others who might be at increased risk for severe illness are those with asthma, cystic fibrosis, hypertension, liver disease, pregnancy, type 1 diabetes, and other illnesses. So even if this doesn't apply to you, it's highly likely that it does to someone in your family or circle of friends. We've seen a lot of data by now that shows that most people will survive COVID-19, though the long-term effects remain unknown. Many consider the mortality rate a small number that makes them comfortable with their odds. But as experts emphasize, we want to reduce the spread, especially for those who are more vulnerable to the disease. The last few months have been stressful for Kristen Brogan, to say the least. I spoke to her about the anxiety the pandemic has created in her life, the fear she has about exposure and contracting the virus, and why it's important for people to understand that their actions may affect others like her who are at higher risk. My name is Kristen Brogan, and I live in Auburn, Alabama, and I am currently a doctoral candidate in the Cognitive and Behavioral Sciences program at Auburn University. So I have two autoimmune diseases. I have rheumatoid arthritis and Sjogren's, and I have to take immunosuppressant medications in order to keep those diseases in check. I also have asthma, so those two combinations make me high risk. Well, so how are you living right now? What precautions are you taking to avoid exposure? 
So I am doing my best to stay home as much as possible. I'm very lucky because Auburn University has been incredibly supportive of following the guidelines of social distancing. So I have been able to work from home the majority of this time. I also, I'm not going out and socializing right now. I haven't even seen my parents since early March, which is pretty difficult because they live just 10 minutes away in Opelika, but I can't see them. I also am not doing any grocery shopping like inside of the store. I'm having to do all pickup orders and I'm even sanitizing my groceries still, even three months into this pandemic. And it's affecting your academic work, right? Yes, it has affected my academic work. So I am at the point in my program where I just need to collect data for my dissertation and then write my dissertation, defend it, and that would be at the end of it. Unfortunately, I work with human participants and I work with a protected population. I work with adolescents who have been adjudicated of different illegal behaviors and so they're in a residential treatment facility. And so for you know, good means, they are not allowing non-essential personnel into the facility to protect the individuals that are there. And so I am not actually able to collect um, any data for my dissertation. So that has been kind of on hold until we can figure out how to do this all in a safe manner, both for my participants and myself. Well, do you know anyone who has had coronavirus or who has it? Yes, um, I do, actually. I have um, one of my supervisees. She contracted coronavirus, and so she actually has it right now. She's on week three, and I haven't talked to her in a couple of days, but the last I talked to her, she wasn't doing great. So it's definitely a difficult virus to deal with. I'm not interested in stoking fear, but I have to imagine, based on what you have said, that you're feeling anxious. Is that fair? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, I definitely have a lot of anxiety about the actual virus itself and what it would mean, what it would look like for me if I was to contract it. I'm not interested in inciting fear in anyone either, but it is reality that this virus can affect people who are high risk in a much more severe way. And so I have to be aware of what that looks like so that I can make sure that I'm protecting myself. I think a lot of people feel the same way that you do about this, people who are similarly high risk. So I'm interested to know what exactly is your fear as it relates to catching coronavirus? I think my biggest fear about potentially catching coronavirus would be that I would require intensive care. And anytime you require intensive care, of course, you're, you know, your health is at risk and um, I would have to go off my medications for my autoimmune disease. So that would also play a role thinking about my autoimmune disease potentially ramping up during the time when I'm having to come off my medications. And then again, like potentially needing to go in for intensive care in order to make sure that I'm able to get through the virus safely. Well, and you said that you felt extremely hurt and upset by the general public's response to the pandemic here in Alabama. Why is that? There are a few different reasons why I have felt saddened when I walk out my door. 
first off is that I just don't see a lot of people wearing masks and socially distancing. As I mentioned, I live in Auburn, Alabama. When I go downtown, I see probably about 25% of people who are following guidelines and the rest are just not. And I also wish that my city would put an ordinance in place for wearing face masks. I listened to your podcast yesterday and your article on this particular topic. I don't understand why an ordinance has not been put into place. If, you know, Jefferson County was able to do that, the county of Lee County, you know, we have a lot of cases. um, And I think that this would be a wise choice. But unfortunately, that's not what is being done. Well, and what are some of the comments or attitudes that you've seen or heard that have troubled you about people who aren't taking this seriously? And and what is your message to them? Yeah, so I think some of the things that I've seen with people not taking this seriously, so that's going to be things like traveling during this time and not following guidelines. Um, I think that people, for the most part, are simply not I don't know if they're not aware or they're not willing to accept the fact that this is more serious than a cold or a flu and that we just don't have a lot of information about this virus yet. And so to treat it so in such a cavalier way, I think can have further risks down the line that we are not even aware of yet. And so my message to these people is that it's not just about you. It's not just about your ability to fight off this virus effectively, but it's also about your neighbor who is high risk, who is, you know, a mother or a father, your other neighbors who may have children who are receiving cancer treatment. I mean, these people are all high risk. And so it's not just our elderly population. And so I hope that people can kind of think outside of themselves and recognize that we really do have to work together to keep our vulnerable safe during this time. You mentioned earlier that you can't see your parents and that you haven't seen them since March, and you said that's been hard. Are you in constant communication with them? What are their feelings on the situation and in your situation? Yes. So my parents, they feel very similarly to myself. My parents are also high risk, not just because of their age. They are over 65, but they also have other health conditions that put them in that high risk category. So they're also taking very similar precautions that I am. Um, And I think they just kind of feel the same way. They just wish that people would, you know, take this seriously. What is encouraging you right now about all this? I mean, there's plenty to be concerned about, and I hope that the concern spreads, to be honest with you. But what is making you feel a little better on a daily basis about what's happening? Yeah, so I think that the thing that makes me feel a lot better is when I see people change their behavior. So I have quite a few friends who um, have said, man, like I haven't even realized that, you know, you're high risk and this is actually a really scary time for you. I need to make sure that I wear a mask. And so I've actually seen my friends change their behavior as a result of having a relationship with me and me kind of explaining to them that, you know, high risk looks like me in addition to our older adults. So that has been extremely encouraging during this time. Well, is there something that I'm not asking you or that you feel people generally aren't talking about related to this right now that you wish they would? 
I don't know that there's anything that people aren't talking about that I wish they would. I think the biggest thing is that when I, you know, when I read news articles and they talk about high risk populations and then they might specifically mention older adults, again, that's fine because that is one of the high risk populations, but leaving out the fact that there is a plethora of other people who you wouldn't necessarily think are high risk who are high risk. I think that that's really important. And then the fact that this has become a political issue just blows my mind. I don't know when caring and compassion for your fellow human became political. Kristen, thank you so much. Thank you. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at AL.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit AL.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.